guys, this is Wences. Welcome back to my channel where we talk about personal development for INFJs and how to create an epic life on your terms. Today we're talking about extroverted thinking for INFJs, which is our blind spot. So it's not just a function that we don't have in our stack. This one is very interesting because it's the one we have the least power over. And with little tweaks, we can use this knowledge to our advantage. So we're going to talk about what that blind spot is all about, how we're not able to tap into extroverted thinking, why we don't want to, and why we shouldn't neglect it altogether. Before we get started, I want to remind you if you want to take the next step in creating your epic life and you want my help in it, then work with me privately. All the information you find below. So extroverted thinking is our blind spot. Every single personality type has a blind spot. And this is something that goes a little bit into socionics, but we don't have to go that deep. It's all about understanding that the opposite of our third function is always our blind spot. So for example, for an ENFJ, their third function is extroverted sensing. So their blind spot is introverted sensing. And what's really interesting here is that all the functions that are opposite to the ones we're using, we neglect them, we ignore them. So for example, extroverted intuition. Actually, we are strong in it, although this is not something that we have in our common stack, but it is intuition. But because we lean so much into introverted intuition, extroverted intuition is being ignored. Meaning, for example, if we have a vision and we're so certain of an image of something Thing that we want, we hold on to this so much that we're ignoring all the other options, which extroverted intuition is all about. It's about different options. Same thing goes with extroverted thinking. Different than extroverted intuition though, we're also very weak in it. Meaning it is already on our lower stack and then it's the opposite of our function. So extroverted thinking is the one we have the least power over. It's the one we like the least and this shows up in our life altogether. So what is extroverted thinking? Extroverted thinking is an external logic, meaning there is something that has been proven right. And because it has been proven right, we believe in it and we hold on to it. The opposite introverted thinking is our own logic. And how often have you as an INFJ made conclusions that made perfect sense to you, but it's the opposite of what most people are doing. I remember this is something I used to do when I was younger so often. For example, when you feel like you have a connection with somebody and you hold on to this, this is your internal logic in your mind. It is so true that you two have a connection, that there is something that happened that you know that person so well. Well, extroverted thinking is that person never called me. That person hasn't shown any active interest interest in the last five months. So the extroverted thinker would conclude that person is not interested. We don't have a connection. That person is different than I thought. Introverted thinking is more like, well, in my logic, I have seen all these things happen. We've had that connection back then. And so therefore this is true. I know exactly who that person is. And the story continues. This is of course a very extreme example and most of us grow out of it, but we have to understand that if we're not careful, we're always going to neglect extroverted thinking. And this this is not just something that has to do with romantic relationships. As you can imagine, it's about creating that life that we want, because no matter how many insights you have, no matter how many things you actually get right, there is
is a part of us that from time to time at least realizes that we're not tapping into our potential, that there's something holding us back. And one of those things that we can do in order to overcome these hurdles is to look at extroverted thinking, to understand that yes, we don't like extroverted thinking. We don't like playing by external rules that others are setting out. We like to play by our own rules. We like to create our own logic. And within that, we create amazing results. I stand behind this 100%. And I'm not one of those people who tells you work on your weaknesses all the time. I don't believe in that whatsoever. I believe in focusing on your strengths as in create your own logic, create your own vision, go for something that you cannot see outside and then create an amazing result in the real world. But at the same time, I also know that with little tweaks, looking into something that we have a weakness in can help us overcome hurdles that could take us years. And because we look into it, because we're willing to acknowledge the fact that we probably make some kind of mistakes in our introverted thinking, at least from time to time. Remember, it's our third function, meaning we want to understand everything. We have our internal logic, but that internal logic isn't as strong as it would be for somebody with introverted thinking as their dominant function. So we can be influenced in such a subtle way that we don't even recognize it. Very simple example. If you're around somebody who likes a certain kind of music, the more you hang out with that person, at some point you start to be open to that kind of music. You start to adapt to their way of thinking. We are impressionable. This is not a bad thing. This helps us to create amazing relationships. This helps us to create amazing results for us and for others. So don't see it as something bad, but we have to know what the downfall of this is. And this is that our internal thinking, our own understanding does make mistakes. And because we hold on to it so much, particularly when we're in the NITI loop, which so many personality types are, meaning a loop between their first and their third function, we neglect all our extroverted functions. And of course, the more you go into TI, the less you're open for T. So knowing this, how are we going to use this to our advantage? Well, first off, let's always keep it in perspective. TE is not something you're going to be great at. You're never going to want to be in a world where TE is the only thing that matters. This is going to be difficult for you as an INFJ, and that's totally fine. Everybody has their blind spots. But if you're open to reevaluate yourself, if you're open to understand that we will make mistakes, you can tap into TE. So how are we going to use TE to our advantage? Let's say you're an INFJ who wants to succeed in life. You're in a position where you say, I want personal growth. I want to feel fulfilled. I want to feel alive. How so many of us are. And this is something that I'm the biggest fan of. As you know, my bootcamp is based on this. All my programs, my personal coaching is all based on creating an epic life on your terms. So in order to do that, we have to be open to saying my way of thinking so far will be flawed. This is normal. And if I'm willing to do some things that have already worked in the past, I can bypass so many of my obstacles. One of the things, for example, is to stop being interested in people who've shown you over and over again, they're not good for you. And it's not about what you think inside, how it makes you feel. You're only looking at the facts. TE is all about facts. Has that person called you regularly? Has this person shown up for you? Has this person given you everything that you need? Has this person giving you as much as you're giving? Those are all the questions that TE will answer. Those are questions that are not about how do I feel? How do I think? Those are things that a third person can observe. 
And I believe looking at it from a perspective of this is what a third person can observe is the best way for us to tap into TE. See, I work with a lot of INFJs when it comes to creating new results in our life. And we very often go back to a point of I'm doing research. I'm understanding concepts better. I understand myself better. Things feel differently. And we believe that this is progress, but this is just one part of the equation. The other one are always external facts, things that can be observed from the outside. So for example, thinking about how you're going to be a writer or opening yourself up to new possibilities is not something that can be externally observed. But what can be observed is I wrote five pages on Saturday. These are real world results. And we very often cannot distinguish between what is an external real world result and what is something that has just made a progress in my mind. I'm not saying that this part of having a new insight, having a new understanding, having a new vision isn't important, but it's not enough. It will still be 80% of your world. It will still be the things that move you forward. But if you're lacking those 20% of real results, you'll always stay in your mind. You will not be able to input new information into your mind. And if you're not able to do that, you cannot move forward in a real world way. I've said this before in a lot of my videos that most of the time I do live in my head. I do live in my NITI world. I have those great visions. I'm happy. But 20% of the time, I make it work. 20% of the time, I do things that feel like I have to pay a price. But because I'm willing to pay that price, that small price over and over and over again, I get to live in my dream world so much. I get to create that life, my vision in the real world instead of it just being in my head. See, when I was younger, I always thought, who cares about the real world? The only thing that matters is how I feel. There's absolutely nothing wrong about that statement. I still believe that. But if you have real world problems, if you have real world concerns, like I don't have the money to go on that vacation I wanted to. I don't have a partner who's really there for me when I need them. Most of the time, I just have it in my head. But when I look outside of me, that person shows me over and over again, they don't care about me. I feel like I'm the best person at my job, but the reality is that nobody at work is really giving me a promotion. Nobody at work is really giving me the recognition that I deserve. The list goes on and on. And the less you're willing to look at those real world facts and to put effort into it, it doesn't have to be much. Remember, this is not our strong suit. Talked about in the last videos that we have to put in action, which is extroverted sensing, right? But the less you're willing to look at those external real world things that can be observed from the outside, the less you can stay in this ideal world of yours. Because at some point there will be a clash. At some point you will realize, well, I want this to be my dream world, but you know, those facts at some point you cannot deny them. So make it a point to make progress in real world things. If we look at it from perspective of the five pillars, for example, so we have physical energy management, relationship management, wealth management, vocation, and priority management. I always say make a schedule, have tasks and goals that can be externally observed. If you want to improve your relationships, then really have things on your schedule, like go to lunch with one of my best friends at least once a week. This is real world action. If you want to improve your wealth management, you have a result like I send out five resumes. It's not about I sat down, I analyzed how I want to talk about myself, I understood myself better, I then will be able to persuade way that better and the list goes on and on. This is great. 
I love to do that and I have a lot of ideas through that. But if I don't have those real world results, the external logic, then I'm always going to be stuck at that one job thinking I deserve so much better. But if you create that result, if you look at that external logic, which says the more applications you send out, the higher chance of getting a better job, this is external logic. This is not about, oh, okay, I'm improving here. This is something that is facts. If you're willing and open for that, you will see how you will be able to create amazing results being an INFJ. You don't have to pretend you're somebody else. You don't have to pretend to be an ESTJ or an ENTJ or whatever you're afraid of being. Just have those results. Know that without doing the work and without creating external results that are observable, you will not move forward. And I tell you again, and again, the moment you start doing this, you will not see the difference. I remember back then that I thought I was making huge progress in how I see myself, that I was willing and able to get over a person who wasn't good for me. But those things, they weren't externally observable. But what was externally observable was that I created two videos a week. I uploaded two videos a week. I published them. I applied for a better job. I got that job. And the list goes on and on. It was necessary for me to actively ask myself, is it observable from the outside? Otherwise, I couldn't distinguish between what is an external result and what isn't. And we have to tap into this. Not much, but with little effort, you will see huge changes in your life. I really hope that helps you to get a different and deeper understanding of extroverted thinking and how it can help you as an INFJ. Remember, if you want even more support, then work with me privately or join one of the programs. There's also free material you can download all the information you find below and if you want to watch another video now that is in line with today's topic then watch one of my videos on INFJ's cognitive functions like always guys I wish you a wonderful day a great week and I talk to you next time bye